0: On this episode of Delivering Marketing Joy, we talk with Paul Bellantone from PPAI about what he and his team did when there were some anti-promo legislation and some secrets about PPAI Expo. What's up? And Welcome to another edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host, Kirby Hossman, and joining me today is another repeat guest, a, a good friend of mine at this point, uh, Paul Bellantone. He's the CEO and president of PPAI, one of our leaders in our industry. Paul, thanks so much for taking the time. I really do appreciate it.
1: Kirby, it's it's always an honor to be here with you.
0: Awesome. So, you know, we had kind of a little uh, a kerfuffle in our industry not too long ago where- oh yeah, recently a, a senator proposed a piece of legislation banning the use of promo in government, um, yeah. and obviously it had everybody up in arms. Can you talk a little bit? I'm I'm always intrigued about PPI's role when things like this happen. So, you can talk a little bit about that and what sure. PPI does in those situations.
1: So, give you a little background on the piece of legislation. It was introduced on October 29th by Senator Joni Ernst um, out of Iowa. Mm-hmm. And it was called, cleverly called the SWAG Act, yeah. which is the Stop Wasteful Advertising in Government. Formerly it's of um, Legislation 2722, but it was the SWAG Act, because it had that sexy name to it. And mm-hmm. you know, who wants the government to spend money on SWAG? Right. And it didn't just target us, it actually hit a, a number of different advertising mediums. Um, specifically, you know, it, let me back up a little bit. Generally, sure. when these things happen, we're collateral damage, you know, they're going after something bigger and who, who does, you know, who's in favor of wasteful spending, yeah, you know, not right. me, I'm a taxpayer. So it was, um, to stop government agencies from promoting themselves. So, you know, promoting the agency just for the agency's sake and then, um, promoting outside of its jurisdiction. And then it was, um, the final thing was no mascots. They weren't able to create mascots. So somewhere there's a mascot association. I know that that was probably as upset as we were. And So it just so happened that this piece of legislation, we get information on it. We track these things. Member will tell us something comes up and it was October 29th. I happened to be going to DC that weekend. Anyway, I just moved my trip up by a day, but because we were on top of these things, and because a member, um, it was it was actually someone from the Ver- Stephanie Critchfield from the Vernon Company. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on top of it. She was able to meet me in DC. She's out of uh, Virginia, and we were able to get appointments with Senator Ernst's office as well as um, Rand Paul's office, mm-hmm. who is the co-signer of the bill. Right, and what we did was we we met with their staffers, which is generally the case, and we just said we understand what you're trying to do. We nobody wants wasteful government spending. Um, we're all taxpayers. We're all concerned. But here's the unintended consequences of what you're talking about. Right. And we always use the language that um, it, you should. We we agree with these types of cuts, but they should be done with the scalpel, not with the chainsaw. Right.
0: <laughs> right. You don't just
1: yeah. do the whole thing. It, yeah. it, let's be a little bit more tactical. And what we were able to do, Kirby, was was play on some language that they had actually introduced in the bill because they had given some exceptions, mm-hmm. except in the case where um, um, it was any of the military branches. It was anything to do with the, the census, which we've had very effective use of promotional products in the census. Mm-hmm. And I think the third one, it was military branches, recruitment and retention of staff, <laughs> and what we were able to say is, well, it works. You're, you're obviously saying it works, so why would, you, why would you just say we need to stop all of these different things? Let's use those as case histories for other departments to effectively get things done under budget and quicker and retain and recruit right. employees, and they were willing to listen. And um they weren't, you know, obviously they weren't gonna pull back the bill because we said so. Right. But we said, let us introduce language, let us give you language that we think accomplishes what it is you're trying to do in a way that adds value across the board. And so that was um November first, I believe we had that meeting. Within three weeks, we were back in their offices. It was our lobbyist in DC and Ann Stone, who's our chief legislative person here and handing over our language which basically said you need to be able to show an ROI right you need to identify what what the benefit is up front and it needs to be measured at the end and if that's the standard that somebody's going to hold us to bravo that's what we want
0: yeah I mean, exactly when
1: it, when it comes to spending money that's where we think that we are better than the other marketing you know advertising mediums that are out there because we can show our ROI and we can show we can actually measure success of our programs so they they pretty much have taken our language as submitted and we'll be inserting that into the red line of the bill hmm. so wow. we're pretty pleased second part of your question is what do we do um, when when this happens well the first thing we normally do is I guess we have some expletives under our breath. (laughs) (laughs) Fair, fair. We we feel bad for ourselves for about 10 minutes. Why are they picking on us? And then you go into your, um, you know, first there's the triage mode of when you just say, okay, what do we need to do to marshal our forces here? What do we need to do? What's our next steps? And then after that, it's just, you go by the playbook. And the playbook is you reach out, you talk to them about um, why this is important, why there may be some unintended consequences. And then when you, you try to get an audience, yeah. two things I would say stood out for me on this Kirby. One is you forget um, until a situation like this that your government officials work for you. Yes. Um, and they work for the public good. I think there's always an intimidation factor that you just say, oh, th- now I have to go you know, fight with these guys about this. It wasn't like that at all. Both offices were really open to saying, hey, you understand what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to help us get there. And when you can approach it like that, um, I, I think you're in a win-win situation. Second thing, we did a couple of calls to action for our members to write these two senators and their own legislative officials. I think the number was about 1,400 members over the period of two or three days reached out.
0: Wow. So they
1: recognized that it wasn't just some lobbyists and some staff guy yeah. who were saying that this was bad yeah that it was actual constituents who who won vote with their dollars but two actually use those dollars to hire people in those communities yeah so well yeah
0: it, for what we it's were worth, fortunate yeah I, I. you know it's one of those things i'm so glad you had a chance to, to tell me a little bit more about that i appreciate your leaping into action i certainly noticed right away i was like gosh Paul's in Washington DC already. So, so yeah, that's great. And, and again, I appreciate Paul, Paul it. was
1: fortunate. He just had to change his flight. He was going anyway, uh,
0: but still <laughs> so good was, stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. So moving on real quick, you guys just finished up LDW not too long ago. Expos around the yeah. corner. I, I'm curious with all these different events, how do you and your team work to keep them fresh and valuable at each and every time?
1: You know, Kirby, I think it's, I think it's an interesting question, and I was just actually talking to the team about it in a different um, context earlier today. We sometimes want to keep things fresher than they need to be. And I don't know if that sounds <laughs> makes sense. weird, but you know, we're so close to it, and we'll have the same conversation about something 20 times before it gets out to the members. Yeah. By the time it gets out to the members, we're tired of it already. Yeah. And we like want to move on to the next marketing message or the next show tagline or yeah. whatever it might be. So I think what what we try to do is strike that balance between how much change is good, and then how much do we really need to um to stay consistent with the theme. I'll give you Expo is one of those great examples. Um, you know we've had the great to extraordinary theme now for two or three years, mm-hmm. but when you think about how many people actually go to Expo, what they're focused on, it could be that that people really aren't part of that messaging. You know, or, right. or they'll see it for three days out of the entire year, and meanwhile, we've seen it in house for yes. the last three. You know, the last year. Um, it comes from hiring great people who care a lot about what they do. Is yeah. the short answer to that, Kirby? Mean, we have people who, um, who are really engaged in creating change and creating good for the industry, and I think that's what does it. So you were at LDW, yes, and, um, you know, you heard the messaging that we have, yep. and, and you've seen it. What it what did you think was, what resounded with you um, over those couple of days?
0: For me, it was um, to LDW, for those listening, or is Leadership Development Workshop for, right. for the regionals. Um, and it was, for me, the thing that really stood out was the vibe around the room with the other individuals that, sure. from other regionals that were doing different things. I, it, that's one of the things that I often take away from uh, events like that. It's like, oh, other people who care about what I care about And are doing unique and creative things so I think sometimes for me just by you guys facilitating that opportunity that's what I personally I got probably the most out of it Um,
1: you know in terms of keeping things fresh it's interesting you say that because we always we tend to over program Mm -hmm. it's like let's get them a session on this and they're gonna be interested in a session on this and in reality it's you just put a bunch of people who care about the same issue in a room and back up, get out of the way, let them do what they do really well. Yeah. And, and, and it never ceases to amaze me that how the passion itself actually carries the ball forward a little bit.
0: Yeah. It's funny. I, as you were talking, I'm like, yeah, I'm sure Jimmy Buffett is tired of singing Margaritaville, but you got to sing Margaritaville, right? Like, you got to sing Margaritaville. <laughs> that's, that's the hit. That's right. Okay. Final question for you. So we were just mentioned Expo and the, the event is in January, so it's coming up very, very soon. What can people expect this year, and what do you enjoy most about it?
1: Well, I think they can expect to see um, incremental changes Mm -hmm. along the way. Obviously, the the core of the show is is those 3,300 booths and the new products and and the excitement that's driven around a trade show. Mm -hmm. But we're finding new ways to deliver education. We're we're finding new ways to get people across the show floor to – to visit different booths. I mean, last year it was puppies and bacon and ice cream and <laughs> pop-up booths. This year you're gonna see pop-up education on the show floor where we actually have kind of these domed areas where people will be able to go in and, and experience education in a different way, a little bit closer to the show floor. I think we'll see uh, more exciting pop-ups to help traffic move around the show floor. The other part of it is um, the education We have over 110 sessions, education sessions, individual education sessions over the three, four, five days when you include education. There's the volunteer leadership. We'll have more volunteers at the event than ever before. So for us, if you notice nothing about the show but have a good experience, that means that it worked. Yes. Um, And if you haven't been to Expo in a year or two, I think you'll see some significant difference, some exponential changes from year to year. But we are excited. The the show continues to gain market share Mm -hmm. of the people who are attending shows and the companies that are exhibiting at shows. We get a larger portion year after year, Mm -hmm. and we're excited about that. It's a great kickoff to the year.
0: It, it it totally is, Paul. You got you and your team do a great job of it, and I I talk about that. Number one, it's always like a, like a class reunion every year where you see people that you don't see all the time, but you get to see them there. And then the the other piece is I, people who are going there and don't take part in the education. You guys have top notch education, my session notwithstanding. Uh, but the but. The, I always take a lot away from the education sessions there, and like you said, it's the beginning of the year. It's the perfect time mm-hmm. to to get fired up and get educated. So kudos on that.
1: So I'll give uh, two tips to anybody who's uh, listening to this before Expo, watching this before Expo. Yes. First thing is register by the twenty first of December. We've instituted a fee. If you register after December twenty first, unless you're in some of the large distributor groups that we work with individually. Um, there will be a fifty dollars registration fee. You do not have to pay the fifty dollars registration fee. Just register before the twenty first, right? If you do that, and there's a reason for that, kirby. we're 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 instituting that. One, people are telling us they're getting too many emails from us mm-hmm. about the show or too many phone calls. Look, just register now, and this way we can stop the emails <laughs> and the phone calls. We're yeah. not going to otherwise. The second thing is, we're trying to affect the experience that people actually have during the registration process. Mm -hmm. We literally have people who are buying airline tickets and securing hotel rooms, but still thousands of them don't register until they get on site. Mm -hmm. And if we can have that happen sooner in the process, then we'd actually be benefiting their experience. Oh yeah. Second thing is we keep that registration area set up for three days, four days. By the fourth day, it becomes a little bit of an eyesore. You know, right. people are putting their, their cups and trash <laughs> on the counters. And as much as we try to clean it up, is there a more effective use for that space? And what we would like to do is break that down as the week moves on because people have registered in advance.
0: Right. Well, Second it's big change, so easy too. like once you get on the yep. site, if you've pre-registered, I mean, you are in and out of there in, in no time.
1: It is. Hopefully it's just kind of a pass through, scan it, yeah. pick up your badges, move on. Second thing is um, the education events will not be ticketed this year. Okay. I think people um, in the past thought, well, I have this ticket. Why didn't, I get a, why didn't I get a seat in the room? We ask people to tell us what, which education they go to so that we know what size room to put that session. And it's just to gauge interest. But people were falsely believing that just because they had the ticket, they were guaranteed a seat. Mm-hmm. So education seating is first come, first served. You've heard it here. It's first come, first served. So go early, make sure you map out where you want to be. And, um, you know, we'll, we will seat people up until the fire marshal tells us to stop. So two things, register by the 21st, get to your education sessions early.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, Paul, you've answered my three questions. Uh, do you have one question for me?
1: I do. So I, I had thrown some goofy fact that you, uh pre-call here. So yes. today is the 9th of December that we're doing this. So yep. there are 22 days left, not only in the year, but in this decade, <laughs> the, 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 the teens are done starting January 1st. We'll, we'll be hitting a new decade. I don't want your new year's resolution. I want your new decade resolution. What will the next 10 years? What is your focus for the next 10 years of of um, Hassman Life.
0: Wow, that's really good. Um, so, so just to be candid, I didn't know this. So, this is a this is a great, great question. So, okay, so next ten years, what I would like to see us do? I would like to uh, certainly double the size of Hassman Marketing. I'd like to add an additional office in a new location. I'd like great. to um, travel more. Uh, my wife and I enjoy traveling and as of literally like a few months ago, we're sort of empty nesters. Empty nesters so, sure. so my, like if I were to commit that, oh, and I'd like to do more speaking and writing. So for the next 10 okay. years, I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but grow the business, expand the business, write Maybe write another book and go see more of the world. How about
1: that? Pretty lofty goals. So I would <laughs> challenge anybody who, um, who is putting something off and said, You know, this decade, I'm going to accomplish whatever. You have 22 days left, so get to it.
0: (laughs) That is the most amazing stat. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate that. Maybe thank you, maybe not, but yeah. Maybe not. (laughs) Thanks for taking the time, man.
1: Okay.
0: All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time. (laughs)